Welcome folks back to another episode of the Sand Black Sessions. Super pumped to have a, a special guest in, Joel Skelton from Skelcon. That's it. <laughs> Nailed it. I was uh, off, off air, I was trying to figure out how to say it properly and I think I uh, yeah, got, got it. it. Yeah, got beautiful. It. Mate, um, thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. It's good. Hey, I was just checking out your, your website before um, and maybe just give the, the listeners a little bit of an overview of I know, what you guys do. Um, so Skelcon now, uh, we're a construction company that um, specialise in medical, commercial, hospitality, um, fit outs and small developments. So anything ranging from a couple of hundred grand up to about five million in contract value. And uh, yeah, the website's quite impressive. Lots of, um, I really like the, the boutique sort of the fit outs that you're doing for uh, all different areas. In, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're, we're very lucky in the fact that the, the work we do is of a high quality. Um, our clients generally have pretty realistic budgets to achieve that quality. So um, from a social media point of view, from a, a visual point of view, everything we do is like quite nice and, and quite visual. So yeah, it makes it easy to, to promote it um, compared to a lot of other type of building work. So Definitely. it's good. Yeah. Where's the designs change from, say, like 10, 20 years ago till now, and where does a lot of that sort of come from, do you feel? Oh, look, there's actually a lot of um, older style design coming back, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. Um, so like the 70s and the 80s sort of architecture is really flowing back into into sort of today's like colour palettes and, and finishes. There's a lot of raw metals coming back in that were big back then. Um, but look, I think design is so progressive that there's all they're always looking for something new and, and something um, a bit different. I think for us, like um, fit outs and, and and construction projects, like they used to be quite rudimentary and and very practical. Where these days, like they need to be fashionable in a sense that like a you don't just go and see your local doctor down around the corner anymore. You go to the one with the nice fit out, with the, with the best space, with the nice waiting room. Um, so that's all become very fashionable. So um, yeah, hence that um, yeah that, that that industry is really booming. Yeah, it's so true. The uh, especially like the cafes, you want to go to somewhere where it feels yeah. nice. You get the old Insta shot. Yeah, and then if you go to the doctors, you're like, oh yeah, whatever, yep. whatever, whatever you're getting done, maybe it's um. No, plastic surgery or even dentistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's such a, a competitive market in whether it's hospitality, medical, or or even just commercial fit outs these days. Like, I mean, staff shortages attracting staff. Like, people need to provide um, a point of difference, and a lot of that time, it's the facility they provide um, to their customers, staff, patients. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's take it back from the beginning. Um, you grew up in. in- Lake Macquarie. Lake Macquarie. Yep, yep. So, so born and bred Lake Macquarie. Went to Toronto High. Um, left school, became a carpenter. Um, wasn't very good at that. So, <laughs> realised pretty quickly I needed to, to sort of change my career path and went through construction management at uni. Um, chased a few different roles in, in project management. Moved up to the Gold Coast for 18 months. Um, doing a, a shop fit out role up there. Um Came back to, to the lake um, and then 10 years ago this year, um, I was working for a, a, a company in Newcastle called Balcom, which is no longer around, but um, a really reputable company in back then. 
um, and kind of just saw the writing on the wall that maybe it was time for me to move on. So I started Skelcon. Um, literally, it was just me in, in my parents' basement, rompus room with a desk. Yeah, yeah just starting out. Nice. Um, but I was I was always pretty focused on what the type of work I wanted to do and, and the type of business that I wanted to build. And, and then that was like the higher end um not doing things cheaply, always providing value for money and, and sort of think making sure our clients um, get the best product. Yeah. I just want to take it back. You, I mean, you just mentioned you sort of um, took a leap and, and started this company. It takes a lot of balls. Yeah. And do you know at the time, like everyone said I was pretty crazy. My wife was <laughs> eight months pregnant with twins Um we had the babies and two weeks later I put my notice in at work and, and that was it. Like it was, it was make or break really. Went from double income, no kids to two kids and no income over about a month. So yeah, um, yeah looking back, like it was the perfect time. Like I was, I was flexible. I worked through the night whenever I was available. Um, I think I, I entered the industry with my business at a good time. It was the back end of the GFC. So um really i haven't seen any big downturns it was kind of at the bottom of where it was ever going to be when i entered the industry so i've had just some nice organic growth over the last 10 years um always looking out for that sort of downturn coming but yeah i think um it was a hard time to start a business but in hindsight a really good time at yeah at the same time yeah definitely and obviously, you know, business is a bit of luck, but also you have to create your own luck as well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I don't know, I'm a strong believer of, of people that, that do well in business, um, understand their purpose, their focus, um, what they deliver. And they're the people with the balls to stick around through the bad times and hold on. Um, there's been plenty of times that I've been happy to probably happy to to throw in the towel and go back and get a job with someone, but um, just that yeah, staying on and then yeah, you you get the rewards after that. So yeah, it it always looks glossy on the outside and always, yeah. Yeah. but um, especially especially with real estate, right? I mean, everyone sees yeah. the, the coffees yeah. and the, and the nice cars and, oh, and doing deals. Yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> I think a lot of people think all I do is <laughs> is drink coffee and uh, yeah, meet, have have cool meetings and long lunches every day. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah it's the uh, definitely not that. It's the the ninety percent of when it doesn't go to plan. Yeah, it's obviously a bit of a, a lonely lonely band at the top as well, right? Yeah, look, it it is really lonely. I was only having a conversation this morning, um, like being and being a sole director of a business too, like not really having that sounding board or someone to validate your decisions. Um, it can be lonely. It can be tough. But do you know, at the same time, like. I love the fact that I get to make those decisions and and um, I get to own those decisions at the same time. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stress that comes with it. It's lonely, but there's a lot of reward as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess with like any good investing or any good business, you know, you got to build from the ground up and have that solid foundation. You've got uh, a few members on your team now. Yeah, so we're just over 50. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we've grown... Um, I like to to say we've grown organically though yeah. like we've we've never gone backwards we've um turnover profits everything's kind of increased year on year over the last 10 years so um we haven't pushed too hard but at the same time we welcome the growth like as it comes um and yeah that, that's all been fairly organic um 
always kind of just looking for that next opportunity. Um, yeah. How's your role changed from having one employee to, to 50? Oh, do you know, it's, yeah, it, it, my role now is, well, I, I mean, I was probably doing what I was doing now um, 10 years ago, but managing project projects and different things as well. Um, yeah, my role now, like I love creating things. I love being involved in, in projects and building. Um, I don't really have a lot to do with the day-to-day construction um, side of the business these days, but I think I, I get a lot of um, a lot of value out of building people and building the teams and, and seeing them achieve and seeing the finished product and, and just how elated clients are with, with um, what they are presented at the end of a job and then... Um, how that sort of affects our team as well and, yeah. and how they take that on board is really cool. So, um, yeah, my, my job now is, is so different to what it was 10 years ago, but um, probably quite similar still at the same time. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I, I would assume that you know, your, your happy clients at the end of the process is what makes it all worthwhile. Do you know, it's everything. Um, and, like, that's our sole um, purpose, really to make sure we're delivering the best value for money for our clients and that they're stoked at the end of the day. Um, and yeah, there's nothing more rewarding. No, like I have a lot of people that, that, that approach us now for a, for a job with Skelcon and that's something that um, they miss in other parts of the industry. They might see the beginning of a project or the end of a project or the middle part and they're not really involved in that, the whole process and the whole project right through. and and getting that reward at the end of the job at the end of the day is, is really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Same with, uh, with, with my, I guess, my job in terms of you know, having clients on, on the books, but also getting that end result is, like you said, it makes it all worthwhile. Mm. Um, but the process, you've got to enjoy the process, otherwise yeah. it doesn't really you know, yeah. make sense. But with the process, obviously, there's lots of ups and downs and it's a roller coaster of a ride. Yeah, it is. It is. Do you know, part of our, our business model, um, so we focus on, on smaller projects, so yep. fit-outs and small developments. Um, our longest program would be maybe nine months. Most projects run from, for about 12 to 16 weeks. Um, I kind of feel like that's the honeymoon period. Like, <laughs> like you've just started the job and you're getting close to handover. Um, there's just something about being on the same job for 12 months where everyone gets a bit stale. Yeah. So I, I love that, um, yeah, we get, to, we get to deliver projects, really cool projects really quickly yeah. and people see things happen really quickly and that, um, that certainly helps, um, yeah, keep everyone on, on track and on board and excited about it. Yeah, it's funny when you see the commitment start to drop off after a, you know, oh. a, a period of time. Yeah. I was in aviation before, I was a sheet metal worker yep. and... Um, you know, the plane comes in, you rip, tear, bust, and then you start a job, and the job might take you a month. Mm. And the, the first couple of weeks is fun because you're yep. drilling out all rivets and yep. high locks, etc. Uh, and then when it comes down to like the nitty gritty, and yep. you see a few team members drop off, you're like, oh, where did they go? Yeah, <laughs> and you, yeah. And you're stuck with everything. Well, <laughs> do you know, I and I just think too, like, and from a client's point of view, like. They've got to put their hand in their pocket every month yeah. and pay your invoices. Yeah. And as as happy as they are with the project and as happy they are with the, the job that you're doing and the team they've got, it, it just gets annoying yeah. after a couple of months <laughs> that you've got to keep putting your hand in your pocket. Like, I get that. Like, yeah. But um, so for us, I think we're really lucky in that our, our projects sort of only run around that sort of three to four month mark and everyone's still really pumped yeah. about the project. So it, it makes it a lot easier. 
I just want to talk a little bit about, I guess, leadership because with any good business, obviously, you need a good leader. Where did those sort of leadership skills come from and did you naturally have them or did you build them over time? Um, look, I think I've certainly built them over time. Um, I always I always felt like I would struggle early on in business because I'm not a salesman. Like, I'm not... Um, I'm not naturally someone that just goes and has a chat to anyone or and I don't naturally want to get there and talk myself up or talk um, I mean now I'm happy to talk our business up because I suppose it's about other people but I always kind of felt like um, we would struggle or that we were missing something as a business because I didn't have that sort of sales flair what I found though is is just being genuine and honest with clients um, sure it might have taken a bit longer to build the brand because Correct takes time for people to um, to all take in, I suppose. But um, for me, I think that that's been a big part of my leadership is just being honest and transparent um, and just genuine with our clients, with our people, um, treating our our people um, that work with Skelcon like like I would yeah. want to be treated if I was them. Um, a great I mean culture is a bit of a, a go-to word at the moment but but I honestly believe like we've got an amazing culture people don't really leave Skelcon yeah. so um and and we now like it's funny in, in an age at the moment where labor shortages are a real thing and it's hard to find people um and I've got people approaching me to come and work with Skelcon so um for me that's so rewarding like that's super rewarding and and probably yeah testament to Although I probably don't feel like I've got amazing leadership skills, I just it's, I, it's pretty simple. I just treat people the way I'd want to be treated. So yeah, yeah. I think you, especially these days, like you can see you can see through all the mm. all the garbage yeah. that people portray. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and we we're speaking off air. Obviously, brand is is a huge thing and has a, a lot of weight. And I mean, having having the ability to build that for. 10 years mm. is awesome right it's like mm. a little baby and it's grown into a yeah. young child and now yep. entering the, the teenage years yeah yeah it really is yeah it's really cool and and i, I like I, I i don't i've never had a, a massive plan of exactly how i saw this playing out or where it ends even um it's it's just been a nature of um just continue to to do the right thing to look after people to deliver amazing projects and and we'll see where it where it goes really in the in the last 12 months we've um i think the business business has been going really well um and i've identified a few areas where um we could offer a better service um so we put out our own design team 12 months ago so now we can yeah right um, we've got an architect and interior designer in-house cool um that that so basically a client comes to us day one and we can hold the hand through the whole process um it can happen a lot quicker because we're not bouncing back and forth with consultants um, and as the builder, we can also maintain their budget through the design, whereas a lot of the time in, in design, um, a, an architect or a designer will give a client what they want, but not, not necessarily what they can afford. So, um, or yeah, something in line with their budget. So we introduced that 12 months ago. 18 months ago, we started our own joinery shop. Um, so we now manufacture all our own joinery in-house. Um, it was, it's a huge part of a fit out um and generally it's the bit that goes in at the end yeah. it's the bit that everyone touches and feels and and remembers so um for us now to to build that under our own banner um and control that process has been great so 
um, yeah, the, the business is 10 years old this year. Um, I kind of feel like we've only just begun though. Like there's still so much more to go. Is that the, is the goal to keep, uh, to be scalable and, and keep growing or you, you feel like you want to kind of keep it in a, a tight knit? Um, do you know, I, I, I used to think that I wanted to keep it quite small and nimble. Um, I th- I've probably changed my mindset a lot there now. Like my, my focus is on delivering or being able to deliver the best product and the best value for our clients. So if, if there's an opportunity for us to grow and, and take on another part of business or another op- an opportunity that um, can help us provide a better outcome for the clients, then, yeah, that's good. That's great. Um, I was five years ago when we really started to niche into the medical space I was quite nervous that there wouldn't be enough work locally for us, and um, I don't. I don't really have too many aspirations to go to Sydney. We do a lot regionally in, around Australia, like Tamworth, Taree, um, Port, those sort of places. But staying out of Sydney, I was nervous that that the work wouldn't be there. Um, we're probably five times bigger now than we were five years ago, and I still don't think. Like we don't have a majority share of the market. Like yeah. there is still so much work out there, so much opportunity for us to keep growing. So, as long as that's there, as long as the growth's organic, um, yeah, I, I'm happy to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sydney's obviously like the the big brother. It has all the bells and whistles. Mm. But I just I think it just shows what Newcastle has going for it, right? I mean, yeah. there's so much, like you said, design going in and these type of businesses that are, that are popping up. I mean, you would have seen Newcastle grow exponentially o- over time. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think when I, when I was starting the business 10 years ago, um, Newcastle was in a bit of a growth phase, but it was, it was probably more local develop, developers funding the projects. So there was... There was only a few of them, yeah. like, the, and there was a cap on what they could actually do. Whereas now, like this last boom we've seen over the last five years has been um, the national developers. So a lot out of Canberra, a lot out of Sydney, um, and even Melbourne coming to Newcastle and and putting like development through the city. Um, and I think that's why we've seen such a um, such a big progression in in the local development market now because it is. Newcastle's national now, whereas and and I think this is the first real property boom in Newcastle that that's actually been the case. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I've sort of seen it uh, firsthand, especially in the last years. Mm. It's been it's been insane. And obviously, talking to agents, talking, I'm obviously always talking to builders, and um, the trade's obviously changed a lot as well in the mm. last sort of couple of years, and especially now with the shortages. Yeah, I mean, this, oh, look, we're lucky in that um, we we have some pretty tight relationships with our subcontractors um, and we don't only use one of each trade either so we have a we have a pretty extensive list of preferred trades yeah. um, we've I, I mean I've always looked after them like they were employees so um, like I, I feel comfortable that I could ring any of them now and, and ask them to come to a job this afternoon and they do that yeah. for us because of the relationships we've built over that time um, but there is a massive shortage. I yeah. mean, I know they're, they're all out, everyone's struggling to get people um, to physically do the labour, to yeah, do the okay. work. Um, and, and that's tough. Um, probably more so those, the material shortages, shortages that are playing a bigger part at the moment in the difficulties around construction. Yeah. So would you say that it hasn't really affected you that much just because you've sort of built that um, into, you, into your business? Yeah, yeah. I, we haven't seen too many 
problems with labour shortages. Um, certainly wage increases have, have pushed prices up, um, but we've, we've not really had too many dramas getting yeah, trades yeah. to site or getting, getting the work completed. What about the material costs? Is that pushed up? So, yeah, massively. Um, and I think, like everyone looks around at the moment and thinks the builders must be killing it because there's so much work around. But um, I, I know a lot of the larger builders are hurting massively because they're in, they're in contracts um, and they've had steel and timber and concrete prices go up up to 50%. Um, and they're locked into those, those prices. So... Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there that are busier than they've ever been and they're probably going backwards. Um, so the material shortage is, is, has been a major, and, and not just the shortage, it's the cost increases that have come with that. Um, it's had a major impact on the industry. Yep. As, as a business owner and entrepreneur, I guess as well, um, anyone trying to get into the game, especially uh, your industry, what, are the, what would you say some of the hidden um, things to look out for? As we said it's not all bells and whistles. Yeah, look, I think I think where um, where construction companies can really fall over is is cash flow. Um, it's easy to generate some quick cash flow in the building industry, but then I think people can often think they're doing better than they are and and start chasing their tail. And and as soon as you start chasing your tail and and trying to win a job um, for the sake of cash flow, it gets really difficult. So. For me, I think one of the, the biggest um, things to understand is, is your balance sheet, is your profit and loss and know if you're actually making money or not because it's very easy to, I think, trade as a construction company for an extended period of time but not be making money. Yeah. Um, just be relying on next month's cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and, and I think that's a big trap that gets a lot of people. They go into business and it's great for 12, 18 months. Um, then it starts to get hard and, and they might trade for another year or two before it all falls apart. But, um, yeah, I think that's where construction and building is a little bit different, um, where we're paying all the trades. So um, we have a very large turnover but a very small profit percentage compared to that turnover. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a big trap, I think. <laughs> where where do, where do you learn these skills in terms of, like was this done when you're a chippy in terms of the balance sheet and learning off you know other tradespeople? No, nah, nah, not at all. Um, yeah, mistakes, making my own mistakes, and like I'm, I'm a strong believer of you've got to make your own mistakes, and and life's about making, continually making enough small mistakes that you get better from it. Just don't make any that that are too big and send you under. Yeah, um, and even now, like I think it's it's all trial and error. Like I, I'm doing things now I've never done before. Um, I don't know if I'm doing it the right way or the wrong way or, yeah. Um, but it's all about, yeah, you make a mistake, you learn from that mistake and then you get better as you go. As long as you don't do it again. That's it, exactly. <laughs> learn from your mistakes. Yeah. I, I, I had a sign-up meeting and the clients were actually coming on and it was funny that, um, that there was a bit of a mix-up with the emails and basically um, I didn't think they they were coming on and then the, the type of message that I wrote wasn't a bad way or anything like that, but it just, it would have come across a bit pushy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and from that message, like I never, I don't even know why I did it. It was more of like, oh, let's just like get the ball rolling. Cause I like to, um, I'm pretty proactive out there yep. and um, yep. like to go find houses and, and, and make things happen as smoothly as possible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Just the small things can obviously oh, lose business pretty quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, being, 
I think, and that's that you've you've got to understand that clients, um, they they're coming to you as an expert, like in, in your field. So you can't expect them to understand the terminology you're using, or or even understand the whole process. So like I find now, like a lot of my time is spent um, explaining that process to our clients. So they they have an understanding, and and their hand is held through the whole process. So. Um, yeah, so they don't get put out because they just didn't understand something or they didn't expect um, something would take as long as it did or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Communication. Education, education and communication, mm-hmm. I would say, is the biggest thing. Yeah. And yeah. like doing all that sort of pre-work or education along the process because when it actually comes to time, it's already like pre-formed, right? Mm-hmm. They already know, oh, this is what's going to happen and yep. this is how it's going to yep. uh, roll out. Yeah, yeah. The, the building side of things is easy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like really, that's that's the easy bit. Once you get to, once you start on site that first day, then generally the the project just flows from there. It's all as long as you're. Um, I mean, I say it to our project managers all the time. Like, our job is super simple. Ninety percent of it is communication and organisation. Yeah. Like, if you communicate well with your clients, with your trades, with your consultants, um, and you're organised, like the rest just takes care of itself. It's, yeah. It's just it's it's easy. Yeah, so yeah. true, so yeah. true. Well, mate, we might wrap it up soon, but uh, just, I guess, one last question. In terms of your business, um, it sounds like you want to obviously expand. Um, what are some major sort of goals that you want to hit in, say, the next sort of five to ten years? Do you know, do you know funny, I, I probably, I, I haven't thought too much about that. I think as long as the, as long as the market keeps going the way it's going, um, then we'll continue to keep, doing what we're doing and continue to grow i'm i'm very aware though at some point um the market will slow um i want to make sure we're in a position where we're not losing people or having to let people go so a big part of sort of my focus is always making sure that um the people we employ are resources they're not overheads um that we're we're set up in a way that um we can sustain ourselves um or um, manage the team that we've got through those those sort of leaner periods. So that'll come. Like that's just that's construction. That's that's economy. That's the market yeah. at some point. Um, so I think of it like I'm I'm aware of that. Um, growth wise, I mean, yeah. As long as it's organic, we'll keep going. We'll keep growing. We'll keep looking for those opportunities. Um, starting to look at maybe some of my own little developments and things like that. But um, keep finding i get pulled back into sort of running the business and and residential or no i think like we i made a decision a couple of years ago to to step out of the residential market um i actually kind of made the decision probably five years ago but i kept my home warranty insurance and i kept finding i that that carrot gets dangled and i'm like okay yeah we'll just do this one or we'll (laughs) just do these units or we'll just do this and um there, it's such a different part of the construction industry to to what we do well and and the part the indus, the part of the industry I wanted to focus on. So um, a couple of years ago, I just I didn't renew a home warranty insurance. I just cancelled it. Yeah. So now my answer is no for yeah. residential. I can't yeah, do yeah. anything else. I still got a builder's license, but no um no home warranty. So um, that's frustrating sometimes when a when a cool job comes along yeah. or or um. A site that I think oh, I could probably do something with that, but at the same time, I think that's been a very leveling thing for me, and a great driver for our business and our growth. That I'm not getting sidetracked by those sorts of sorts of opportunities. Um, yeah, I'm focused on the ones that are actually probably 
more suited to the business. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. commercials become a long way in terms of it was a bit of an underground maybe, but mm. now like especially the mum and dad investors, they're, they're getting into the investor uh, yeah. commercial space. Yeah, I mean, it, it's accessible. Like there's um, most of the work we do is um, funded through super funds and um, small loans and things like that. So it's, it's certainly... Um, it's certainly a growing part of the market. I think people have realised. Pe- people went to residential because it would because they owned a house and they understood what yeah. a house was and how that worked, and it was pretty easy. You put a tenant in there and they live there. Yeah. Um, commercial has always been that. Well, commercial is great, but you cannot like you can go years without a tenant, and it's got to be in the right place. And, and if people don't understand it, it can be a pretty daunting sort of um, space to be in. But from my point of view, like I love commercial, like you're not dealing with the mums and dads issues that, that they have, like the light fittings aren't working. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, the dog tore through the fly screen and things like that. As an investment, you're, you're just dealing with the, the, a business and yeah. all they care about is the nuts and bolts. They just, as long as the place is working, they're happy. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mate, really appreciate your time. Cool. Pleasure having you on. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Cheers. Mate.